The Mere and the Curse of Camelot book is now available to buy on Amazon Prime. The link is in the details. If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Our Magical Storybook podcast, Mere and the Curse of Camelot, is now an exciting new novel, available to download on Amazon or buy as a printed book. Follow the link in the podcast details. Welcome to Magical Storybook, a collection of children's stories from around the world. Mia and the Curse of Camelot, Chapter 11, Morgana. A spell that is starting to slowly unstitch is a terrible thing for a hideous witch. The grey witch crawled up the spiral staircase of the highest turret. The white cloud seemed to be moving more swiftly across the sky now, and it disturbed her. She looked out of the window. The dark night did nothing to hide this meteorite of steam that was charging across the sky. In fact, it only made the fiery flares that were shooting from it more visible. It was not being pushed from behind or dragged by the breeze as other clouds were. This was being pulled from the front by an invisible force. Suddenly the white turned green and she screamed as the body of a gargantuan dragon plunged out of the mist and nosedived towards her. It bellowed and a deadly blast of flames exploded from its mouth. Then out from the cloud came another, slightly smaller dragon, and then another. Mia, Morian and the Dream Fairy were now at the edge of the forest and watching with their jaws dropped the dramatic display above them. When the last dragon in Tarask's army had passed over, they ran towards the castle. Morgana knew that she was in trouble. Tarask was part of the reason that her body was now bent and twisted. In a panic, she hobbled back down the stairs and along the dark corridors until she reached the dungeon. With a swish of her wand, the door to the tiled hall flew open. She stood motionless for a moment as the uncomfortable feeling that she was being watched overwhelmed her. She did her best to ignore it as she fumbled around for one of the candles that she kept on a shelf behind the door and lit it. She held it out in front of her to check that no one was hiding in the shadows. Since she had discovered that the spell that sealed the room from the eyes of the outside world had a great big rip through the middle of it, Broken by an unfamiliar force, she had lost some of her nerve. She walked among the statues, still with the feeling that she was being watched. She was right. The 
the white expressionless eyes of her victims were following her across the room, still living a half-life inside their stony shells. Before she could take on the might of Tarask, she needed to check that old age had not weakened her power. She closed her eyes and called the incantations that surrounded the statues to her. She chanted. The first to show itself was a green curling vapour that rose slowly from the ground and turned in a corkscrew movement in front of her. Then a purple vortex appeared in the air behind her. She continued, and a series of shooting stars shot through the darkness and looped the statues. Morgana opened her eyes and was relieved to see them. The fact that her spell was still intact fully restored her lost confidence and then her eyes turned black as she began to invoke her darkest magic. Her voice deepened and she paced up and down the hall with her wand held high, conjuring more coiling snake-like shapes that were no longer bright and colourful, but now dark grey and menacing. They moved together to form one threatening hooded creature, the same creature that Mia had encountered before. Soon, Morgana's voice became so low that it caused an earth tremor. Outside, Mia and Morian fell to the ground as the forest floor shook. What is it? cried Mia. I don't know, shouted Morian, barely audible over the rumbling noise. But we will soon find out. They got back onto their feet and continued the last of the short distance to the castle grounds. In the tiled hall, the statues were beginning to tremble, not because of the vibration of Morgana's voice, but because they were being called to battle. On the witch's command, the hooded creature touched each statue, breathing a dark life into them and turning them from white to grey. The first to move were Camelot's undead kings and queens, who, in one jerky movement, raised their swords and shields and turned to face Morgana. They then lurched forward awkwardly and began to stagger towards the open doorway, scraping the floor tiles of the hall as they went. Next to come alive were the knights of the round table, their horses reared up with a hollow whinnying cry while the knights held on tightly to their reins. Their maces that had been held motionlessly in the air for years were now swinging freely around their heads. As they too moved towards the door, they narrowly missed smashing to pieces the gnome folk who were coming to life in the walkways that they lined. Finally, the cursed dragons gave an earth-shattering roar as they stepped down from their plinths and joined the ghoulish parade. 
When Mia Morian and the fairy arrived at the castle, a macabre sight greeted them. On one side of the lawn stood Tarask, with his army of dragons lined up beside him. And facing them were Morgana's legion of statues, standing perfectly still and arranged in a military formation. Mia was terrified and moved her hand over her chest to check that the dragon armour was still there. They could see that Tarask too was greatly confused and troubled to be confronted by the family and friends that he had thought killed on the battlefield. Mia looked up at the castle roof and took a sharp intake of breath. This alerted Morian, who also gasped when he saw the sight before him. High up on a ledge and illuminated by the full moon was a woman whose beauty was once legend now looking as gnarled and ancient as the trees that surrounded her. Was this really Morgana Le Fay, the great empress who was once so envied and feared by all at Camelot? She was surveying the battlefield from above. The wind blew her long hair upwards so that it floated and separated into branches as it swayed from side to side. They waited to see what her next move would be. They did not have to wait long though, as the witch stretched out her arms to the side and with a blood-curdling cry, she ordered the statues to attack.